Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 5. Sounds like one of those super sleuth episodes. I know. The beginning of Perry Mason or something. A little noir-ish. Everything's wet. I almost said Murdoch, but I meant Matlock. (laughs) (laughs) Turn on that episode of Murdoch tonight. (laughs) Oh, imagine that. What if Murdoch had his own show? It would be exactly like Matlock or Perry Mason. So it would be like (laughs) old Murdoch? Yes. So It'd just be Murdoch later in life. <laughs> like li- living his life out quietly like in Florida. Yeah, and he's just like an attorney for hire. <laughs> people just like people just go to Murdoch if they need help with things. See, that would be a great premise. Right yeah. like now for 2017 if they hired Michael DeBar mm-hmm. to play old Murdoch. Now. That would be awesome. Just flash forward 30 years into the future and he's just he's still Murdoch, but he's like reformed and now he's like working on the other side of the law to help bring justice to other to to bring in the assassins across the world because in order to beat an assassin you must become an assassin and whereas he was an assassin i'm writing this script i'm gonna send this treatment to him I'm and just, i'm gonna make it happen i'm just gonna say since we're on the sidetrack before we really get into the meat okay. of the show we um we never really followed up with uh our our ballad of buddy and uh Oh my gosh, that's Remember? right. That's Buddy and Axminster. Buddy and Axminster, right, right. <laughs> who uh, get lost out in the wilderness? Season together. one bullshit, right oh, there, wasn't definitely. it? We have a whole script, at least at least five or six pages of. A I script. remember that. That was back in the day when Greg and I had jobs that we didn't do much more than sit on Google <laughs> Drive for eight hours and True. type bullshit. <laughs> now we actually physically can't do that anymore. But I miss those days. Me too. Uh, oh well. Uh, welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. This is Mullets and Memories, episode 90. Today, Greg and I will be discussing season 5, episode 7, Children of Light. Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn Light. Children of the Light Corn. Children of the Cornhole. Light. <laughs> We're there's, actually... What? There's no light with that cornhole. No. Um, we're actually getting ready to wrap up 1989. I think there's only maybe two more. I think there's this one, eight and nine, and then we've wrapped. And then season episode 10 brings in the 1990s. Which is actually somewhat interesting because it's almost the end of the, the year for us here. The Almost the end of 2017. That's right. We are recording four days before the end of 2017. So that's uh, yeah. that's pretty awesome. So we'll be rolling in the new year with, uh, the I think, with the first episode of the new year. Which is pretty awesome. So, um, yeah. So I'm. I'm. This. Uh, this episode takes a real life event and creates a fictional story based on a moment in time. Yes, basically. If you guys, for those of you who are familiar with it, and I'm assuming you are, since uh, this episode aired in November of '89, and the event that took place. That this episode was based around took place, uh, I believe, from like April to June of '89. It was the Tiananmen Square massacre, mm-hmm. um, and this episode takes place during or, or post massacre. And actually, what it does is it kind of like focuses on a story 
it like fictionalizes a story based within the massacre and for the most part it was pretty well done yeah there were some there were some interesting moments there were definitely some interesting um but uh, i think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll just jump into the houseboat and we'll uh, we'll take a spin around the bay. <laughs> I just have the comment, shall we? When we get there, I have to comment on my spelling. Okay, keep going. <laughs> All right. All right. So the episode opens with a woman named Su Ling, mm. and she arrives via cab mm. to the houseboat. Or I'm sorry, she arrives to the marina. The, like it doesn't. I <laughs> just see the cab like, driving onto the at houseboat. night. It's dark. It's dark. It's night. This cab pulls up in front of the marina. We see this girl uh, get out, and she's just all she has is one suitcase. And she walks into the marina, and we see that she's being tracked by some sort of an agent uh, in a in a car. We don't know who he is yet, but we know that he's clearly tracking her to whatever she's trying to do. So we cut to the inside of the houseboat, and Pete and MacGyver are clearly very intense on something. Pete's like MacGyver, we've only got a minute left before it goes off, and so you see like the little clock. I think it says eleven fifty nine. Yeah, there's like a digital <laughs> clock, and it's like it's going to go off at twelve. And and like the music's all tense and MacGyver's kind of sweating and you see close-ups of his fingers like <clears throat> on the circuit board and he's like he pushes like a capacitor and it kind of bends a little bit yeah and he, he goes you see it follow his finger to something else and he kind of pokes at it that pushes that and Pete's like is it gonna work can you do it <laughs> and he's just like and then there's like this real sense of panic and then the clock hits twelve and it's just like the alarm clock goes off and we re- and it reveals that MacGyver's just repairing Pete's alarm clock. I know. He's but like, oh. I love the what I love is that Pete brought the alarm clock to MacGyver. Right. For him to fix the after hair. hours in their leisure time. <laughs> he didn't like bring it to the office. Hey Matt, can you take this home and take a look at it when you get a chance? No, he brought it to Mac to fix, and I love the line Pete has after it's fixed, he goes, Oh MacGyver, thank you. Now I can wake up on time. I know. I'm like, wait, <laughs> Pete sleeps in? Of course. I'm like, dude's in his mid-60s. He's going to be up by 4 o'clock. Right. Like, easily. So I just love that, like, fake-out MacGyverism. Like, it's, like, really tense, and then you realize it's fucking Pete's alarm <laughs> clock. So they're they're getting ready to, like, close out for the night and wrap up, and we hear a little knock at the door, and the Mac goes and opens the door, and uh, did you have something to say? No, no, no. Oh. This is really, like, wimp, wimpy, like, no. It's just a little, I can't. Rap, tap, tap. Like, in the middle of the night, MacGyver isn't expecting anybody to call on his houseboat. Right. Right, and so he opens the door, and it's it's this woman. She she walks in, and she she introduces herself as Su Ling to MacGyver, and MacGyver's like, "I'm I'm sorry, I I don't I don't do I know you?" And she's like, "Yeah, Su Ling, you 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 sponsored uh, a foster child years and years and years ago, mm-hmm. and um, that that's me." Yeah, she's like <laughs> basically fourteen. He's like, "Oh my god, I did." And he's like, "Oh my god, Su Ling," and I love how he forgot. He forgot about it. He says the only the only correspondence I think he said he heard he heard from her briefly like eight years prior to this moment. Right, and he's like, "Oh, come in, Su Ling. It's really great to see you." And he's like talking to Pete, and he's like, "Pete, do you remember when I sponsored this foster child? You know, fourteen years ago." And I don't. Know, this there, is this is her. She's there, here. But there was something very specific about it. It was Asian orphans specifically. That's right. It was. Yeah, that Mac was was sponsoring Asian orphans. Right. But I do. I think it's hysterical that he really forgot about it until she was like. Do you remember when you fostered me 14 like, years? Oh, oh right. <laughs> That's right. I did. And this is where I got a comment on my spelling. I wrote orphans, but O-R-F-A-N-S. That's how you... Oh, F. Or, I was like... I was Orphans. Like, orphans? What's an orphan, I was Greg? like, what the hell's an orphan? <laughs> so, Suling comes into the house and she explains to MacGyver that she's graduated from school and she's really excited and she's getting ready to attend grad school in Los Angeles. 
but unfortunately, her dorm isn't ready yet at at school. And MacGyver, without a, without without letting her finish, is like, "Well, of course, you, I'll I'll sleep on the couch. There's a bedroom upstairs. Here's the kitchen. Here's the family room. Yeah, your house is my house." I'm just wondering, like, how she found him. Like, like that she was, was my question. Out in the out in the dark, you were round and around all alone out there in the dark, right? And MacGyver's like, "You can stay as long as you need for the dorm to be ready." And then Pete like steps in. He's like, "Well, actually, I could go ahead and use my connection to that school to get that." Your, the dorm repair, whatever it is, that dorm stuff, it's sped oh, no. up a little bit. Oh no, that's fine. You don't have to. Do oh no, that. no, no, no. It's not a problem at all. No, in fact, really, it'll give please, me some time. Don't he, do it. He has this little please line about how it. he's. I think he has a line about. Yes, he want. He just wants to make this connection again. He's like, <laughs> I haven't seen her in a while, and, and it's been years. It'd be it'd be nice to reconnect. Like, yeah. Hey, Pete. What's going on there, Pete? You got a little, a little some action going on. I just love that Pete offers to use. His college connection to speed up a dorm room prep, and by college connection, I meaning I don't think he went to college with this person necessarily. No. I think it was a connection at this college. Yes, but like, why mm. did he feel that? I know he wants because he wants to connect, connect, quote unquote, with this woman. But I'm like, did he really need to step in and do that? <laughs> right, like, come on, Pete. Right. So Pete goes, and and Su Ling is left in the house, and she's with MacGyver, and she pulls out of her bag, she pulls a back scratcher out, mm. and Max like, oh. Great gift, thanks for that. Uh-huh. And she reminisces back to this time that MacGyver had wrote her a letter a couple of years prior about a camping trip where he caught poison ivy on the trip and he couldn't scratch his back. So she, oh, it wasn't so much that it was that he was testing out some new night vision goggles. Yep, and he couldn't tell the difference between like blueberry bushes and poison ivy or something like that. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, and he's like, All right. oh yeah, because he wrote this whole story to his you know fourteen year old foster right uh, foster child child yeah foster yeah. daughter foster child foster kid yeah. So today I spent hours and hours in the woods and couldn't tell the difference between poison ivy and something else. And so now I've got a raging case of poison ivy in my ass. <laughs> in my ass, and I can't scratch it. I really wish I had a back scratcher. Which is why that back scratcher only has one point on the top of it. <laughs> right. So if you look at the back scratcher closely, it's basically a long stick with like a, a little ornamental bird on the end. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. And I mean, it's it's like it clearly is like beautifully carved stick. And she's like, oh, he's mad. Like, oh my gosh, thank you for this. This is I appreciate it. And she thanks him for everything that he's done for her over the last year, couple years, which we'd never hear about. So we don't know right, what he's never, done for her. We never heard of before and we'll never hear right. of again. I just love that. Just, oh, thank you for everything you've done for me over the years. What did you do? I know. <laughs> I want to know about these things. I these know. are great side stories that I'd love to hear. Like MacGyver, like a- not activist MacGyver, but like I want to hear about the things you do. Mac Mac is so complex. He really is. He is an onion. I don't know how many layers of the onion we've peeled back. None, because the man's going to end up having a nervous breakdown none, by the end none, of the series. None of the layers. We're just seeing one gigantic <laughs> layer. So we cut to the Chinese consulate, and we meet this man who's been following, who was uh, uh, tailing Su Ling. His name is Zhao, and he's meeting with his liaison, Ping Chao. We're going to refer to him as Chao from this point forward. Both, I, both of them together? Chao, yeah. and listen, to, ready for this? Chao and Zhao. Okay. Is that, is that, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right? we're not going to get those mixed up. No, not at all. So Zhao <laughs> notes that the girl, Su Ling, he, she hasn't contacted any students at the school. So no contact has, has gone out except that she went directly to this man named MacGyver. They don't know how he's connected to her yet, but they know that she went directly there once she got off the plane 
but they don't know why. So I guess the deal with this is that these Chinese dissidents or these the Chinese um, students are are setting up a fax network. Mm. And Su Ling has all the phone numbers for this fax network. Now, we don't know what the phone numbers are for yet, but we just know that she has these phone numbers to set up a fax network between all these students. Yeah. Now, Chow orders Zhao to follow Su Ling and see if she meets with anybody like during yeah. the day. And it makes sense. So we go to the next morning, and, and Zhao <laughs> has returned to the dock, and he's meeting with his assistant. And I don't know what his assistant's name is, but we're just going to call him assistant. Okay. Assistant Pow? <laughs> assistant Pow. So the assistant is following MacGyver and Su Ling when they get ready to leave. So MacGyver and Su Ling leave the houseboat. They get in Max truck and they drive away. But I think this is really funny because the assistant is sitting out there in the parking lot outside of Max Marina. Yeah. Pretty conspicuously. Yeah. Conspicuously? Conspicu- yeah. Conspicuously. So conspicuously. Suspicuously. <laughs> Very suspicuously. <laughs> He's, he's suspicuously standing there, well, sitting in his car, drinking coffee, and like this big white, like you know, nineteen eighties, oh like, yeah, beast, it's probably a... left over from the seventies, absolutely. And then this other car pulls up with two guys in this big black, like Cadillac or Chevy or something enormous. Subtlety is not their strong suit. Pulls up, <laughs> pulls up, like not even in parking spaces, like diagonally across stuff. Like, have you seen him? Have you seen him yet? He's like, look, they're getting out there now. Right. And maybe like, you know, 50 feet away, Mac and Su Lee, Su Ling, Su Ling? Su Ling, yep. Su Ling, yeah. Come up the from the dock and go to Mac's truck. And like, Mac has lived there now for like three years. Yeah, right? right? Season three, I think, was the year we saw it. And he's usually pretty observant, right? right? Yeah, okay. He's had people break into his houseboat before. Because I'm also fairly positive that that is the only residence in the marina. I don't, I don't think there are any other houseboats in mm. this marina. So Mac's the only one who lives there. So he walks up, and then there are these two cars of people that aren't around there right. that you know stand out like sore thumbs, and one of the guys pointing a camera at them. <laughs> A huge camera. And he doesn't even notice. Nope, not at all. Look. So he and Zhu, Su Ling get in the car and they drive away <laughs> with not even an ounce of suspicion that something is happening right no, outside the marina. And, and Mac's just taking this girl in. He's like, oh, sure, fine. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. So Mac and Su Ling leave and then uh, Zhao and his assistant enter the houseboat and they start searching it, basically right. tearing it tearing it limb from limb. I think it's funny. So like, obviously there's no security at this marina nope. and nobody's around because... Uh, Murdoch stole all of MacGyver's stuff just an episode or two and ago. And didn't didn't uh, uh, Dalton? No, was it the houseboat when Dalton broke the, in? It wasn't the houseboat. No. Oh, it was the apartment. It was okay. his apartment. All right, never mind then. But then there's other times where like, but Dalton's gone in there. He built a fucking hang glider. I know, a plane right? in the houseboat. <laughs> so cl- clearly, it's a low security. <laughs> Oh, indeed. <laughs> it's a low-security marina. Yeah. So we cut to the campus, and MacGyver pulls up on the campus and drops off Su Ling, who is meeting with another student. And the student's name is Wing Lee. <laughs> and she identifies herself by some code phrase. It was terrible. I don't even remember what it was. Boy, it is so beautiful here this time of year. What did you say? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was meeting someone here. No, no, no. No. What did you say? I said, it's so beautiful here this time of year. Yes, the flowers will need to be watered today. Yes, they will, and the wind is cold. 
I am your contact. Yeah, I was like, what? Why? <laughs> I don't terrible. think terrible. It like, was it was something along those lines. That that's conversation. Something, something we also have to discuss about the delivery of some of these lines. They are fantastic. Like they could not have been trying harder to deliver quote unquote code lines. Like it was very clear that it was like. That was the line that they needed to deliver to basically out themselves as these collaborators on on this big plan that they're trying to scheme up. Yeah, and just in general, <laughs> some of the scenes in this episode are like a little lackluster. That brings me to okay, so pro- just prior to this, when Mac drops her off, she gets out, and then all of a sudden she has this awful broken English that she starts talking in, and MacGyver yes. she starts repeating MacGyver's lines, and she's like, MacGyver, thank you so much for dropping me off here, and he's like, oh no problem, I'll catch you later, and she turns around and she goes catch you later no problem like like, why are you all of a sudden speaking and you were speaking beautifully the night before i know like l from (laughs) stranger things or even better terminator yeah yeah as he's like learning how to speak right i'm like Like, catch you later no problem (laughs) like what is that was what it felt like i'm like why are you repeating his sentences like you know what these it's like she was trying to learn the meaning behind catch you later no problem maybe she's an android like you know you should mm, that that frustrated me yeah, inconsistencies in, in, in characters' accents is frustrating. Right. All right, so so Su Ling meets Wing Lee, and they end up discussing... Well, they don't discuss it yet. So basically, Wing Lee says, uh, tells, um, tells Su Ling... Oh, I'm sorry, let me start that over. Su Ling tells Wing Lee... <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, okay, so Su Ling has these phone numbers, but she also has a really important piece of evidence, mm-hmm. but she didn't bring it with her. And she's like, I'll show you tomorrow. I just wanted to make sure that you were the contact and that there was nobody else around and that no one was trailing us. Mm-hmm. But I do have this really damning piece of evidence that's probably going to bring down who we're trying to bring down, but I'll show you tomorrow. Oh, okay. So we cut back to the houseboat and not... 30 seconds after we cut back to the scene that we see Pete like rapping on the door. He's like, MacGyver, I've got some information about Su Ling for you. But well, I think we skipped a bit here. We, we go back to the, uh, the the Chinese consulate, right? I don't think we go there no? yet. Oh, no, you're right. I, we go there no, you're th- right. at the top of the next scene when, when he's standing outside the consulate. My mistake, sir. That's okay. We cut to a point where we, we see these two guys going into Mac's houseboat, though, yes. right? Yes. Yep. So that's where we are. And they're like ransacking it. They're pulling stuff out, and they're trying to find these items, and they're clearly trying to find the phone numbers, and they're trying to find this other item that we don't know about yet. We hear Pete rapping on the door, and he opens up, and he's like, MacGyver, I got some information for you. He looks in and he sees that the house has been ransacked and he starts like kind of creepily, you know, creeping around trying to figure it out. And the camera cuts to like a, a low shot, like underneath Pete. And we see a guy just like standing on the on the rafters up above the houseboat and just like jumps off <laughs> and dive tackles Pete to the ground and knocks him unconscious. Well, knocks him unconscious by kicking him in the face. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Knocks Pete to the ground. And then as they're ex- escaping Max's houseboat. Like, kicks him in the face. Bam! And Pete's out cold. Pete's knocked out cold. Now, the funny thing is here, okay, MacGyver is now currently driving Harry Jackson's truck. Yes. Which has been rebuilt and, you know, cleaned up, repainted. Yeah, yeah. Very distinct vehicle, right? Um, It's not in the parking lot because Mac has left. Right. So, Pete still walks into Mac's house looking for MacGyver. Right, it's not a hard truck to miss. Like no. the, the 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 Jeep Wrangler, I could you could maybe make the case that there's probably quite a few of those in the 80s. Yeah. Maybe you could mistake that, but that truck is unmistakably MacGyver's grandfather. Right. And Pete's like, "Hey Mac. Mac. Hey Mac, are you in here, Mac? <laughs> yeah. Hey Mac, where are you, Brogan? <laughs> 
Oh, you hor- you oh, this is hor- this is bullshit. A whole bunch of bullshit, MacGyver. <laughs> But Pete just walks right in, like like there's no word that Mac's there. It's I think it's ridiculous, Pete. It is. Pete, come on, yeah, Pete's a dick. <laughs> no, he's not. So we get this is where we get one of the cutest moments of the of the episode, maybe the show. Cutest. So Mac, you know, he hands Pete a bag of ice to put on his head, and as Pete's trying to explain what happens with this little moment of like this relationship has gone to a new level, like MacGyver like looks at Pete's the top of Pete's bald head. <laughs> And he like looks where the scar is, and he just like does two little taps on the top of Pete's head, like, like tap, and tap. then walks away. Like tap, tap. it was just such a blink. You missed it. It was a blink and you'll miss it moment. Yeah. And he just like taps on his head, like where the scar was. I'm like, that's so cute. <laughs> Isn't that He's adorable? so concerned about Pete having a concussion? God. <laughs> then he makes it worse by tapping on his skull. <laughs> He's just like banging on his whack, head. Whack, ow, whack. ow, Mac, Jesus, Mac, <laughs> with the back scratcher. <laughs> What the little bird? Ding, 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 ding. No, you don't have a concussion. I do now. God, <laughs> Mac. So Aww. he's I, so Pete's ice in his head, and he's talking to MacGyver, and he kind of explains to MacGyver. He's like, "Listen, I checked about Sue Ling being in the states, and she's she's not registered at this grad school. Like, what? She's not in classes here. She's not in the dorms. There, there's nothing here that shows Sue Ling as a student in this school. Well, that's weird. I trust her 100%. Oh, really? I, he's just, like, because, I met her yesterday. Right. He's like, really? Because then I called immigration. Oh. And according to immigration, she has a, a visitor's visa to the country, not a student visa. Well, that's it. Well, I'll be darned. Huh. Oh, oh one more thing. This visa was issued from Hong Kong. Not mainland China, where she what's, said she was from. What's she doing? Well, 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 shiver me timbers. <laughs> you could see Mac really trying to, like, not one-up Pete, but he was like, no, 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 but this was the problem. No, she, yeah. she told me. But no, 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 Mac. He always had an, Pete always had a response. He's like, nope, nope. It was like, it, nope. It was not that. It's nope, like, not it's that. Like MacGyver already classified her in his head. Yes, and then couldn't like change gears. Like, wait, wait, she isn't who she says she is. Right. And I don't, it was. I don't understand. Slowly, she so, she told me who she was. She's my little foster kid. You're so easy to please, MacGyver. You're just. He really does. He jumps to conclusions so fast. It's a jump to conclusions, Matt. That is. It's a terrible idea. This is the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> So here's the scene that you were referring to. So we cut back to the consulate, and we see Mr. Chow, and he's like standing out on his balcony, and he's watching the protesters outside, and uh, uh, Mr. Zhao comes in, and he's like, listen, we, we got to the houseboat. We didn't find any of the phone numbers. They clearly weren't in MacGyver's house, but they, they, they're convinced that MacGyver is the contact at this point, because they don't know about Wing Lee. Yes. And so Mr. Chow, he pulls MacGyver's file out, and he's like, oh, I know he works with the Phoenix Foundation. And there's another one of those like... Founda- the Phoenix Foundation is clearly a threat. Yeah, to the way everybody. the way he responded, he's like, "Well, I found MacGyver's file. He works for the Phoenix Foundation." I'm like, "Whoa! <laughs> oh, jeez, like, that's a red alert." The Phoenix Foundation is like the Patriots of uh, like the Patriots football of like you know of yeah, the world. Exactly. Like, God, a Phoenix Foundation again. Son of a bitch. Um, and so I think at this point, um, Zhao pulls out the photos because somebody was taking photos of Su Ling and Wing Lee together the, the, earlier in the day. Yes. They pull out the photos and they, they determine that the, the man that's with Su Ling is the contact. But they're right. like, this man, Mr., his name is Wing Lee, he has no record of any, si- of any sort. Like, he's clean. Yeah. And so they figure that uh, what, what Chow says is like, well, then he's clearly a member of this new underground. 
Which is interesting, because if he has no record, how do they find him through a photo? Right. They're like, he has no prior record, so he must be a member of the new underground. What? Like, right. And, you like, don't know that. How do you know that? That takes days to find out who somebody... Oh, longer than... I don't even know. How would... In a time before the internet, how would you find someone based off only their picture taken from a telephone? And there's no name. And they weren't close enough to hear him introduce himself as Wing Lee. Right. You know? So, like, how did they find all that out? I mean, I don't know what kind of lengths they went to to figure that out, but seriously. So, I love this scene because you can tell, like, at this point, we cut back to the houseboat and Mac and Pete are not ready to put up with... Suling's bullshit. Yeah. So Suling comes in and she's like, Oh, I have some news for you. And Mac's like, Why are you lying? Yeah, pretty much. Like, wait a minute. Hey, you're not who you say you are. She's like, What oh. do you mean? She's like, Oh, oh, you must be misunderstanding me. But, and because she's like, Ha, uh, my English is not good. So you must have misunderstood me. And they basically, like, Pete and Mac are both like, Bullshit. Yeah. And she's, cl- and she's stalling, because he even says, he's like, no, you're stalling on me right now. MacGyver says this. Like, yeah. you're, you're stalling on me right now. What do you, what, s- tell me what's going on right now. Like, I need to know what's happening. If I mm-hmm. need to help you, like, tell me what's happening. And so she finally explains, like, she's like, okay, well, um, first things first, I'm not Su Ling. <laughs> what? My name is Mei Jean. Oh. And she's like, okay. And they're like, okay, well, how do you know Su Ling? Well, that she was, Su Ling was her roommate. And Mei Zhang basically learned everything she could about MacGyver from the notes that MacGyver and Su Ling were, were exchanging back mm-hmm. and forth over the last, I don't know how many years. Or, well, so that means that if Su Ling and Mei Zhang were living together, then Su Ling brought all the letters from MacGyver. If we imagine that MacGyver doesn't write to her very often, uh-huh. that means that Su Ling brought all the letters of the last 14 years with her to college or to school. Oh, I guess so. Right? Or that... <laughs> Or because she's going because she's I, coming to Los Angeles to go to grad school, so this they've clearly already left college. Well, she's saying that she could be making it. No, up. she's true. making it up. I, I was kind of under the impression that 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 the original Suling, the real one, was just talking up MacGyver a whole lot. To oh, maybe to that's her. true and too. She just got to know him. Felt like she got to know him very well because uh, Suling and MacGyver were still writing back and forth a little bit. Right, and so MacGyver's like, "Okay, great, you learned everything from her, but where's Suling?" And she's like, she kind of shuts down for a second, and she's like, "Well, Suling's dead." Dun dun dun. And she's like, "Well, she's like her comrades, like all of her her associates and friends. They sent her to America." <sighs> Um, for safety after Su Ling was killed. They got her out of the country because um, Su Ling was killed by uh, a soldier in the government, uh, the Chinese government, mm. during the protests at Tiananmen Square. Mm. And she's like, so that's why I had to get out of the country because they knew that I was in trouble. So they, they, get, they made me flee the country. Yeah. She's like, I have this though. I have a really big piece of evidence that's basically going to implicate the Chinese consulate in the Tiananmen Square massacres, like they were, it's going to implicate them and make sure that they're responsible. It will show that they are responsible for the deaths of my friends, not only my friends, but all these people during the massacre. Yeah, and she's like, I hid the VHS tape in your house. Oh, it's like I think she hid it in like a, it was like the Guns of Navarone or yeah, it was it some was, western. It was on the shelf. It was right there because like MacGyver goes to sleep watching like western westerns and stuff. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, but I like to, throughout this entire scene, it was very film noir. I noted the lighting. This rarely happens, but it was lit very differently. Like a lot of like Venetian blinds, yes. like shadows and I did notice that. everywhere. Absolutely. very dark and kind of gloomy. I love, but I love this scene because so she walks over to Max VHS collection and she pulls the tape out and she opens it and she looks and she goes, oh, they didn't switch it out. And I'm like, how do you know? It's a blank VHS tape. There's nothing on it. I know. How do you know they didn't switch it out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Dave. So she slides the she slides the tape into the VCR, and you know, obviously, it's it's it's. She says it's a, it's footage of her. She took her friend's video camera and she basically filmed everything she could on the massacre, and it's uh-huh. very clearly just news footage from the Tiananmen Square massacre. Uh-huh. But it's pretty chilling stuff to watch that even now, you know. Yeah. Um, and so she kind of like brings out the whole story about what I just said. Is that how you know Su Ling and I think the the government actually not only killed Su Ling but like three of her friends or two of her friends yeah, as they were running away as yeah. they were running away. And so basically, this tape proves that the consulate had something to do with the massacre and the killing of all these people. And this is just time frame wise. This happened. <clears throat> the Tiananmen Square massacre was 1989, like just months before this episode was released. Right. Like very close at time frame, and you imagine like filming schedule wise, like if the if the ma- the the Tiananmen Square incident ended June of eighty nine, you got to imagine they were filming you know first half of season five, <sighs> probably yeah. er- late eighty nine, like so September, August, September, October. Mm-hmm. So it was six eight weeks probably after this incident ha- had come to an end. Unreal, yeah. So it's just pretty amazing that that all happened like that. So we cut back to Mister Zhao and his associate. And they they run into Wing Lee, and they're like, "Oh, you're you're uh, we're friends of your family." And she's like, "He's like, well, my like my parents don't have mm-hmm. like what do you know what are you, friends like what, what are you talking about what are you talking about?" And so basically, what they do is they they force him to cooperate. They're like, "Oh, well, you're they they threaten to kill his mother mm-hmm. if he doesn't cooperate with everything that they're about to tell him to do." Yeah. Um, and his mother is living in Beijing, and they're like, "Yep, so if you don't do what we're supposed to, what we want you to do." Yeah, he's he's very cold. He's like, your mother's in excellent health, and she'll stay that way as long as you help us. Yeah. Like, whoa, uh, dude. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was pretty rough. D- Come on, brah. Brah, what do you do? That's my Bob. That's my mom. Why would you do that to my Bob? <laughs> why would you do that to my Bob? But, uh, why, why are you sick all of a sudden, Wing I Lee? I don't understand. I don't understand. Because you told you it was my Bob. You guys are just too gnarly. <laughs> Such an idiot. Yeah. Both of us. So we cut back to Mejan, and she's talking to Pete and MacGyver, and she's like, "Listen, I'm going to deliver this tape to my contact here right. here in the states." Yeah, and the contact is 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 Wing Lee, and she's like, "I got I have the phone list, which she had hid inside the back scratcher on like a yeah, it was really cool. Like she had it all written on a scroll, rolled up inside of the handle of the back scratcher. So pretty clever. Yeah, and so the government, the Chinese government, has no idea that she even has the tape. They know she has the phone numbers, mm. but they have no idea about this tape." Yeah, but they're gonna basically when they capture her, they're gonna try to force her to give up this list. And if they find out she has the tape, they'll obviously try to force her to give up the tape. Yeah. So the next day, uh, MacGyver and Mejan meet up with Wing Lee, who's pretty reluctant. I like this scene. He's very <laughs> what? What's the problem, David? You just... Greg just put on his winter hat because it's a little chilly down here, and it's over his headphones, and it makes your head look enormous. <laughs> he look, you know, who you look like. You look like Jombie from Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> Repeat after me. Ah. Mecca like a high, mecca, mecca high, high ho. ho. 
That's amazing. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> looks like I got dreads packed in under this. Who are you, Chauncey? All right, so I like this next scene here because when MacGyver and Mejan meet up with Wing Lee, Wing Lee very, very quickly was like, I don't trust this man, and I'm sorry if I offend you because I just don't trust you. I don't know who you are. And I like MacGyver's line here. He's like, no, 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 that's fine. He's like, it shows you're being careful. That's really good. And I, I like that just because, like, Mac is very easily unoffended. Like, it doesn't yeah. offend. So Mac's like, no, I trust. Like, fine, if you don't trust me, I, I don't care. I'm here to help. I'll have to, you'll have to earn my trust, and I get that. And yeah. so uh, Wing Lee tells them, he's like, oh, I found a place for Mejan to hide. Let's go this way. And they start walking away, and, and Mac drops her off as she's getting ready to hand off the tape. Hmm. And Wing Lee escorts Mejan to a van. And right before the van doors open, <laughs> Wing Lee's like, Mejan, I have to tell you something. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry for what? And the van doors open, and Zhao and his associate come out, and they grab her. And I've called that. I know. It was so, so bad. It was so predictable. It was just like she walks, like he's making her walk right up to this van that's in the pa- like in the walkway let's perfectly. Go to this, let's go to this blank red van. Nondescript. <laughs> right. Like, uh, no windows. Really right. creepy. And I like the next scene because Wing Lee immediately runs back over and finds MacGyver and Pete and like in a panic was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. I turned her over to the consulate. They threatened to kill my mother and I don't know what to do. I, I, I had to rat her out because I, my mother is more important. And so I was like, okay, I, I appreciated that because he really, you could tell like obviously his hands were tied. And Pete explains to to um, Wing Lee and MacGyver like the consulate, the consulate has diplomatic immunity, so yeah. they, there's nothing that they can do. That <laughs> it's making me laugh. I, I love it. Um, Pete's like, listen, I can call. Of course, you can call his government contacts. Pete offers to call his government contacts, well, like in the in the in, in the consulate. Just he's like, I'm gonna make them. Uh, you know, I'm gonna make them work. Put the heat on a little bit. Yeah. And so Mac was like, no, 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 we probably shouldn't do that because if we do that, then it's going to tip off the Chinese consulate and the government, and then they're going to kill Wing Lee's mom. Yeah. So they grab the phone list from the back scratcher, and Pete starts like working on this fax network uh, to get Wing Lee's mother to safety. So Pete starts working on that, and Mac, uh, Mac heads over to the consulate. Hmm. And so we cut into the consulate, and they're watching the tape, and... Chow basically orders the tape to be destroyed so that uh. that evidence is gone. And he looks at, at Mei Jean, He's like, tell me where the phone numbers are. And no. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. They're not anywhere. And he like wings her, slaps her right across the face. Right. And he's like, take her out. Like, just get her out of my face. And so they lock her downstairs in the basement. And so while this whole scene is happening, we get a we get a cutaway to MacGyver. And he sneaks into the consulate on top of a delivery truck. So this is hilarious. But MacGyver... Po- I'm just going to say, all right, go ahead. All right. So in front of the consulate, there have been protests going on since the beginning of the episode. Yes. Just people outside protesting pickets. MacGyver's kind of looking around, trying to figure out how to get into the consulate. It's broad daylight. MacGyver's wearing like blue jeans and his giant mullet. It's it's huge. It's getting really big. (laughs) And so he decides to sneak into the consulate by following, well, waiting for a delivery truck to show up at the gate, and then as it drives in through the gate, he climbs the adjacent wall and jumps onto the roof of the delivery truck. Right. In broad daylight. Right. And, like, gets driven into this, into the secure area of the consulate, past windows, and all And also, there was a quick cutaway to a security camera, and Mac pulls a rookie move and misses that there's a security camera sitting there and they enter it. And clearly, if not the windows, 
somebody saw Max sitting on top of a delivery truck on the security camera. Right. Because as it, soon as he gets in the window, mm-hmm. everyone's just standing there, guns drawn. Yeah. As the delivery <laughs> truck passes a fire escape, he hops on the fire escape and walks up in the, and jumps in through a window, and there's someone there already holding him at gunpoint. Right. He's like, oh, oh, what did I do? Did I miss, it a, like did you, I miss the camera? It feels like Max slipping. Like, a little he bit. missed a security camera. Like, yeah. that's such a rookie mistake. I know. Pretty bad. Five years. No, more than five years. Because how long had he been part of the uh, DXS prior to... Eight? Eight years prior right? to season Something one. Like so he's yeah. been doing this Or maybe now, not prior to, prior to now. At least maybe close to 15 years. Yeah. He's been working in some field of... The, like, God. <laughs> yep. Crazy. So... MacGyver. Basically, the consulate offers to release MacGyver if he can get the phone list from Meijan. But MacGyver's like... I don't know what you're talking about. Well, he says... Uh, if I, she's not going to give it to you, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I won't be able to get it either if she's not willing to give it up. Right. And I love this scene because you see them take him away, and he's looking around. I like he's sort of like casing the room, like trying to figure out what he can do for... like I don't know if it was intentional or if I was just reading too much into it, yeah. but he's like looking around the whole room as he's being taken <laughs> away. And Greg, where do they take him? Oh, they're like, put him downstairs with a girl. Huh. So they locked him in a room with a girl that he knows and leave him alone. <laughs> and they didn't tie either of them up or handcuff them or anything. They just put them in a storage closet. I wish we had been taking some sort of notes on how many times this has happened in the last four and a half seasons. Uh, a lot. It, too many times. Like, they- how many times has MacGyver been captured and then locked up with other people without being, like, restrained? Right, with Pete or Jack or Penny or this lady or, like, just random one-off characters <laughs> untied, just like, nope, like, nothing's going to happen. It'll be fine. Totally fine. Yeah, so that's what they do. They lock him up in the room with Meijan, once again, in the same room, not tied up. So once they're alone, MacGyver tells Meijan... Oh, Mejan's like, MacGyver, I don't know what to do. They've destroyed the videotape. And MacGyver's like, oh, I, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> like, She's like, why? And MacGyver says, oh, well, when you left, I went ahead and just made copies of it and distributed it all the way. And Pete's already gotten it out to all the big news channels. <laughs> and I'm like, like, oh, okay. So like, I love it. Like, MacGyver is running an illegal VHS copying scheme out of his... <laughs> out of his houseboat because he has the capabilities macgyver can do anything he's got two vcrs he's got everything ready to go and clearly he can just yep he's just like i'm i made copies of it for you don't worry about <laughs> it i took care of it when did you have the time to do that macgyver you've been locked up in a basement for the last 10 hours like and you only just found out that she hid the vhs tape i don't know how many hours before she disappeared but she took the tape with her didn't she? Yeah, she did. So how did he fucking copy the tape? <laughs> unless, unless, unless the, he has some like early, like early edition like memory reader. So like when the when the VHS tape was playing, it was like recording he to must, like an internal memory. <laughs> he must have had time when when she went back to meet with what's no because MacGyver went with her right. I don't know. Yeah, he was so like excited for. Ha- so there's no way that he could have made the copies without her knowing because she was with him the whole time. Right. Because when she first showed up, she had no idea. He had no idea that she hid the tape. Oh no. Okay. So so he went to meet with what's his name and Soonly or whatever. You talking about Wing when he took Wing Lee? Forget the names. Forget it. Anyway. <laughs> After she got kidnapped, yeah, MacGyver had already left. So maybe he went back to the houseboat to copy things then. Okay. All right. Let's let's, let's, say let's that. assume that that's what it was. Because yeah. Okay. We'll do that. Let's assume that. All right. 
so we cut to we cut back to the consulate and and uh, Mr. Chow and Mr. Zhao are pretty sure that they're in deep shit because the news channels like they're just they're running this thing on repeat mm-hmm. and they're basically talking about like you know this is implicating everyone like we're gonna have you know authorities have been notified about the, the massacre and I love Chow's face during this scene it's just like jaw to the floor like fuck yeah he's like oh they're gonna, how the fuck did this happen they're gonna recall us and then we're gonna get disgraced and executed right like oh man and so i think it's Zhao or maybe the associates like well you know uh, meijan and wing lee should be the only two people that know about this tape so let's kill wing lee's mother to keep him silent mm. and then we'll take wing lee out yeah. And that way, that'll kind of just stop the paper trail, okay. and no one will know, nobody will come to them, and it won't implicate us. Yeah. And they're like, great. And so, like, uh, Mr. Mr. Chow, like, starts going to the shredder, and he starts, like, shredding all the evidence, like, very frantically. And we cut back to the houseboat, and Pete and Wing Lee get word through the Fax Network that the mother is safe, mm-hmm. they, that she's been removed from Beijing for now. They basically, he says it at the end. He's like, yeah, my mother's safe for now. We can kind of rest easy for a few mm-hmm. minutes until we figure this out. So we cut back to Mac and Meijin in the basement. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out how to get out. And so what he does, and I like this, actually. This was a, this was a cool MacGyverism. It was really you know using, using items around him. So he grabs a metal pipe, and he attaches it to the outside of a vice grip. And he opens the vice grip to try to push it into the door. So it's like a big table vice. Right. Yeah. That, that, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's one of those enormous, like, industrial kind of, I don't know how to, what the description is. Like a, a it's just a huge, it gets, desk, you know, like you, bench you, bo- vice. you bolt it to the corner of the table so it doesn't go, so it doesn't fall. So he puts the metal pipe to the vice and he starts to open the vice to basically break open the door, but he realizes that the piping is too small, it's too short, because I think the, the vice is, about to open fully, yeah, and it's not quite going to make the door. So, what does he? I don't even. I didn't know. He just blocks it with a piece of wood. He just picks a piece of wood. So, yeah. yeah. So he sticks a piece of wood in front of the door and basically like puts it in front of the pipe in the door, and he really tightly just starts opening this vice as fast as he can. And what it's doing is it just basically busts the lock and the frame mm-hmm. off the door and just blows pulls the door. It was down. one of the best MacGyverisms, and I think it's one hundred percent plausible. Oh, absolutely, that. no questions. So they go upstairs to the kitchen, and I love this scene because we got uh, one of the associates is just like sitting in a chair, and he's got basically two feet. He's got the back two legs of the chair on the floor, and the front two are up, and he's just like got his head leaning up against the wall. And I love this because they don't see MacGyver coming around the corner, and so right. Mac, like they, you see Mac and Meijin coming around the corner, and the associate is on the chair, and Mac just like slides up, and just as he gets around the corner where he's going to be seen, he takes his foot. And he kicks the leg out from <laughs> under and just brings the guy to the floor. And he drop the guy drops his gun. And MacGyver grabs it. And uh, what's her name again? Uh, Mei Mei Jin. Mei Jin. Yeah. Like kicks the guy in the face. Oh yeah. Like hard. It knocks was, him over. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. And then MacGyver like slam dunks the gun into a big soup pot. Like from a distance, he's like <laughs> bloom, thro- tosses it. It in. was great. It was great. And then he slams the kitchen door because uh, then Zhao and his associate come up around the corner and he slams the kitchen door into them and knock them down. And instead of running outside, because um, because Zhao and his associate are have been uh, kind of like temporarily incapacitated, right? And instead of running to the roof, instead of running outside, they run to the roof, right? Because because you know, granted, yes, it's the Chinese consulate and has it's like a piece of Chinese soil on in America, in America, right? Um, but it's still in the middle of America, so right. 
all he had to do was run out front and run out. He's fast. Run out. Right. I mean, because there are all these protesters or people all over the place. Right. They would see something. If they're on the kitchen, you imagine they're either on basement level or ground level. So they only have, what, one flight of stairs to go up to get to the outside. But instead, they go all the way up to the roof, Mm -hmm. and he jams the roof door with a plank of wood in the ground, and it basically renders the door useless to open from the other side. Yeah. And I love this because, like, it was such an unnecessarily complicated MacGyverism. (laughs) This was dumb. It was ridiculous. So, you know, Zhao and his men are trying to break through. They're just literally for six minutes of this scene, you just see a guy try to shoulder rush the door. Yeah. That's all he does until he finally was like, Zhao's like, get the fire axe. I know. Like, really? Yeah, the axe. (laughs) All right. We can do that. So... MacGyver starts like cutting cables off the satellite dish on the roof. But he he tell he tells me Jin, he's like, All right, I need some cable. Get me about two hundred feet of it. <laughs> I was like, Is that what? Two hundred <laughs> feet of satellite dish cable? Like, if it was a good installation, it would have been stapled down all over the place. So where are you gonna find two hundred feet of satellite? That roof is not cable? big enough to accommodate two hundred feet of satellite cable. <laughs> I know. Unless he starts pulling the cable from the other I roofs. Think she did. Like like she started pulling it up off the off the rooftop and then started <laughs> gathering it up. Up, like gathering up all this cable that was on the roof. Apparently, it was enough. I guess so. Yeah. So he starts cutting the cables of the dish, and Mei, Mei Jin's pulling it up from the uh, from the ground, and then he pulls down a radio antenna, just like bends it down to the ground, and breaks the radio antenna, and he starts like pulling the pulling the wings off the side of the antenna. And Pete and Wing Lee have now pulled up in front of the consulate, and you see Mac go out, and he like waves down Pete from the roof, and he goes, "Take this." And he whips the 200 feet of cable at Pete from the roof. And he goes, tie it off to the bumper and pull it really taut. <laughs> like, and like, f- no one sees this. And Pete's just like, oh, yeah, 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 you got this. And he, I got it. I totally understand. And he ties the cable off to the bumper. And he has Wing Lee drive slowly ahead until it's, until it's as taut as he, as he can make it. Uh-huh. And I like that at least Pete, at least MacGyver tested it because you see Mac on the roof and he's like pulling the wire and he like he then right. he puts his full weight on it. He jumps right. and he hangs himself off it for a minute right. to make sure that nothing's going to break. And I'm like, what the? Well, fuck like do? like, and it's just satellite dish cable, right? <laughs> which is really really thick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Zhao and his men are still shoulder rushing the door. I know because you can every once in a while you just hear. And they're like, come on, we got to go. And MacGyver builds, like, uh, out of the antenna that he ripped down, he builds, like, some kind of hook thing that goes over the cable. Doesn't he bend one end of the antenna? Yeah, he bends it around like a chimney pipe to make, like, a loop. He shouldn't be able to do that. I know. And then, like, <laughs> and then like, like hangs it over the cable so that he and uh, the girl, jeez, I keep forgetting her name. Meijin. Meijin can stand on it. Yeah. It looks like a big inverted candy cane with a stick with like a cross piece at the bottom. Yeah. It's like a T bar at the bottom. Right. And he stands there and he puts he puts Mejian on one side and Mac on the other side. And I love this. He goes, All right, this might sound ridiculous, but hang on. <laughs> He's like, what is he gonna do? And so just so so Zhao and his men bust through the door and they're they start, get ready to open fire and Mac and, and Meijin just like they jump and they zip line all all the way but down like, on this T-bar. But like zip line, the rope, it, it, the rope, the cable or whatever, the wire is like 45 degree angle. So they yeah. almost like practically fall right into the back <laughs> yes. of the van. <laughs> because what I don't think Mac accommodated, uh, he didn't account for the fact that not only he's what, what do you think, a buck 85, buck 95? Yeah, probably. She's probably maybe a, a 115. Maybe, She's, yeah. We're, we're rocking close to 300 pounds yeah. on this thing. So he didn't account for that. So the thing's like, like bows right down. <laughs> but nope, they make it to safety and we we get a cut back up to to uh to chow 
the the Chinese consulate, and he's like, he fucking, he's like, shit. Yeah. Like, like, it's just that defeatist look on his face. Yeah. And they slide down the cable, and they get, you know, they make their way to safety, and we, we cut to commercial, and we get back to everything being wrapped up nice and tidy. So uh, Pete tells Meijan and MacGyver that uh, Chow and all of his staff have basically been recalled to China, and they're not gonna. There's not gonna be any more problems with them because they're all probably gonna be dead. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so we hear the fax machine going off, and they're kind of waiting on the final word from um, Wingley's mom to make sure that she's actually safe. And so we hear the fax machine go off, and they all run over and they stand in front of it. And uh, Wingley pulls out the fax, and uh, he says, "This she's safely across the border." The report is she's in Hong Kong. My mother is safe. She is safe. That is wonderful news. Oh, goody. <laughs> David, she is safe. Hey, no problem. Yes, big No problem. No problem. Oh, good. So, yeah, and again, wrapped up all neat and tidy and all that. And it's, yeah, I mean, it yeah. is. It is what it is. I liked the episode overall. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good episode, and again, very timely for the time of the year it was filmed. I liked that they focused on the story based on the bigger event. I liked that they kind of did that. I just think the performances were not great. They were just weak. The supporting, the, I mean, you know, Mac and Pete taken out of that. I think the supporting performances were not no. not the best because we've seen this season. We've seen some really strong female sidekicks we saw lisa right. uh you know a couple episodes ago and she's phenomenal obviously last episode we saw mac and murdoch team up and we know that they have a relationship mm-hmm. so we've seen really strong supporting characters this season these just did not they were not did not strong, rise, rise not one the occasion. bit the, the line delivery was just terrible yeah like they were like flat like boring yeah exactly and i MacGyver, just i am your long lost uh foster ch- or child from China, yeah, it's uh, it's so good to see see you. What's my what's the line? Is that a nice line? Prompt, prompt. <laughs> it's like that's what it felt like. And so I don't know. I don't know when they filmed this in like production order because you know prior to this was you had Halloween Nights with Mac and Murdoch was like you know cream of the crop like su- Supreme MacGyver. Yeah, you know I I made that statement last last week that it's the best of the series so far. So I don't know when they film this in the production schedule if this was shot before or after but like uh-huh. it's almost like they have to follow up this like sweeping like epic of an episode with something a little quieter and that's right. what this felt like it felt like just like you get on this high of Halloween nights and then you drop down and just this and like you kind of like base it in the real world mm-hmm. and I mean it was okay and again I know that like I think we're gonna see a little bit more of the activist MacGyver with this kind of stuff I think so um, as as the series progresses and you know we wind down um, in the next couple couple months here but um, my my ratings, you'll notice my ratings had nothing to do with the supporting cast. So yeah. I got one mullet for MacGyver's sweet head tap on Pete. Oh, so, so cute. cute. Uh, one mullet just for the story, because I liked that they wrapped the real world incident into this story. It was really cool. Uh, one mullet for the ridiculous antenna zip line. <laughs> and I liked, I just liked the guy like off the balcony, half a mullet for dropping it on Pete. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going three and a half. Pretty okay. straightforward, pretty run of the mill. I didn't, I, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I just ad- adjusted mine. So I actually, okay. I actually gave it a three and a half as well. Okay. So I won for Tiananmen Square. Yeah. Because I was, I liked how they took such a current event and made a show out of it that fast. Pretty good turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
a mullet for Max hair again because it's so big. It's getting bigger. I mean, it's like cascading. It's enormous. Yeah. Um. Uh. A mullet for Pete getting kicked. <laughs> poor, bu- poor buddy. <laughs> I know, right? But he got kicked in the face, and uh, I gave half a mullet for lighting because this particular one was very different. Yeah. It looked, uh, very, very dark. At least on the houseboat. Everywhere else, not so much. But the yeah. houseboat scenes. Were very stylized. It's a rare. It's a rare mullet rating for a set piece. So or a initially, piece. initially, I gave it one and a half mullets for Tiananmen Square because I thought yep. you know it's an important, uh, an important event, and it was good that they did it so quick. But I could not justify this episode having a four. So uh, three and a half. It's okay. Be- it's it was interesting, but if it wasn't for Pete and Mac being in the episode, it would have been really just boring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Definitely okay episode it's just i just the supporting cast was just uh, to me to, to me at least it was just pretty weak mm. not yeah. not great yeah. um but not like next week next episode uh, next week you ready for this i am next episode is season five episode eight black rhino dude that sounds good macgyver heads for africa after finding out that billy colton the youngest of the colton brothers has decided to take on a deadly rhino poacher single-handedly wait 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 there are three colton oh, brothers there's now we got frank we got billy we got jesse we got three colton brothers have been introduced now over the course of less than one season <laughs> Unbelievable! That's great because <laughs> I think we meet because we met Jesse in Ma Dalton, yeah, which was episode eight of season five. Yeah, then we met Frank in a couple episodes prior to this episode. I don't yep. remember the name of it because I'm an idiot. Uh, and then here we are, episode season five, episode eight. So exactly one. Yeah, but we saw Jesse again. Oh, that's right. We saw Jesse again in the one before Halloween Nights. Right. So exactly one season after exactly one season after we meet Jesse in season four, we've now met a third Colton brother. Yes. Billy. Yep. Who has decided to take on Deadly Rhino Poachers. So in the first half of the fourth season, we've had three separate Colton brothers. Yep. Great. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And I Let's can't, watch this. I can't wait. All right. That's going to wrap it up for Mullets and Memories this episode. Uh, if you guys like what you heard and you want to hear more of Greg and I's shenanigans for this or any other show, let us know in the uh, on the Facebook Champa and Klein Blow Your Mind. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter at Blow Your Mind 14. You can find us on Instagram at Champa Klein. We, uh, we have a lot of fun on that one. Um, our email address is letusblowyourmind at gmail.com. Um, you can definitely email us there and let us know what you think. Uh, uh, definitely uh definitely respond to you pretty quickly um i have i have that on my phone so i i see emails come in all the time so i will respond to you very quickly mm. um so yeah let us know what you think you can find us on champacline.com where not only can you find every episode of mullets and memories but uh our archived episodes of our flagship show champa and Klein blow your mind as well as our 24 hour park the 24 hour <laughs> podcast the 1440 uh, so definitely go ahead and give those a shout and let us know let us know what you think of those. Um, leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, it's the best way to make us more visible to other viewers. So um, definitely, if you if you get the chance, uh, shoot us a rating over there. We'd love to uh, we'd love to read it on the show. We'd love to hear what you guys think. So for mullets and memories this week, I am Dave Champa. I am Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a. Sp-